Oh, right. Well, Ryan, we are back again with the Incredible <laughs> Hulk this time around. Yeah. So what we did, uh, we got Iron Man out last uh, last episode. We uh, did. Which was our nice 10-year anniversary um, for Iron Man. It was really cool. And it, so, uh, yeah. but, so we always wanted to make sure that it was what? The most, the most iconic character inside of this Marvel MCU to the most retcon character. Yeah. Well, yeah. So, you know, if the, the buildup was, cause you know, we are, we're recording on April 19th. <clears throat> we are literally eight days away from Avengers infinity war. So everyone's, close. everyone's losing their mind. Everyone's going crazy. We're going crazy. We've seen all the trailers. We've seen all the TV spots. And now in eight days, the movie will be out. Oh yeah. I will not be seeing it on opening day. I will be going the following day on April 28th to see it. Forgive me reasonable for not seeing it on opening day. <laughs> I know. Got to do I'll this little thing I'm, called I'm even work. more. I'll be I'll be seeing it on the on Sunday. Yeah, I got to do this little thing called work. And it's called a work entertainment balance and the the balance is leaning towards work on the weekend. <laughs> but so we wanted to kind of build up to Avengers Infinity War with the two movies that started off the entire MCU. And that's why we're just kind of jumping in this time around, just like we did with Iron Man. When we come back together, we'll be discussing the Infinity War, but we'll also be getting you guys caught up on, uh, you know, what we finished reading, Dark Knight's Metal and all that good stuff. But we wanted to dedicate these last two shows to the two first official MCU movies and how one became legendary, which was Iron Man, legendary. The other one, which is the Incredible Hulk, kind of became the forgotten stepchild in the middle of, <laughs> you know, 20-some movies that have led up to the Infinity War. The yeah. Incredible Hulk, despite being the second one out of the gate in 2008, what, just a couple months after 13th Iron of Man, June, 2008. The 13th of June, how quickly in the almost 10 years it's been since that movie came out did it really i think you would agree ryan has kind of become this forgotten piece of the mcu puzzle and yeah and so i mean whenever we talk about like all these movies you know everybody starts ranking like this is my favorite and this is my least favorite and what's funny is that sometimes the hulk gets forgotten so much that people forget to put it as their least favorite um <laughs> like it's it's that like low on the totem pole for a lot of people and to be honest with you we you know after rewatching this movie there's a lot to to get out of it but there is a lot to forget and i think they did a you know we'll talk about we as we get into this we'll we'll kind of break it all down but you know the incredible hulk was a was still a large piece of the MCU the cinematic universe and it we after, again, I actually free, freshly rewatched it today, um, just before not but just before we recorded, but just a few hours ago, and I was actually kind of surprised that I hadn't revisited this movie more often. Um, yeah, it it had been a while since I have watched it from beginning. Now I had to watch it in two parts today, just because of the way things kind of <clears throat> worked yeah, out during the course happens. of the day. But it has actually been quite a while that I've watched the Incredible Hulk from beginning to end you know i've started it a couple times and you watch like you know the first 25 30 minutes you get distracted or 
uh, you know, it's been on HBO a couple of times over the past year. And, you, you, you know, you're flipping channels around and you come across HBO and you're like, oh, The Incredible right. Hulk. And you watch it for 15, 20 minutes. And you're just like, oh, you know, I've seen this before. I'm going to flip to something else. So, yeah, you, with you, I mean, it is today was the first time that I have sat down and said, OK, watching The Incredible Hulk from, you know, first scene to last scene right. or this slight, you know, couple hour interruption between uh, watching the movie. And it, I, you know, I agree with you. It, it's, it's interesting that it's one that I think for a lot of people who remember it, they tend to kind of put it down at the bottom of, you know, favor, favorability. And we are definitely right. going to unpack what we think some of those reasons are. I don't know if they're always, if those reasons are always, uh, at least from my opinion, and, you know, take it for what it is, my opinion, are, are always incredibly valid, but many of them are absolutely justified in, yeah. in why. And we're also going to unpack on how this movie, the events that took place in it, by and large, on the majority, have been completely retconned out of the MCU. And that's why The Incredible Hulk is such an interesting piece of this saga, because it is official canon. Disney yeah. has not removed it. Marvel Studios has not removed it at all. In fact, the events of the movie have been referenced here and there in, yeah, in, for sure. uh, in other movies. Uh, you know, it broke Harlem, you know, the yeah, exactly. You know, uh, when, when Banner says in, in the first Avengers, the last time I was in Harlem, I broke it, you know, uh, the end credit scene of Iron Man two, we see Nick Fury watching the, um, news footage of the Hulk rampaging through the campus. And then he quickly turns the screen off when Tony walks into the room. Yeah. So we know Nick Fury is, is well aware of the Hulk's actions. And then, of course, even going back to the first Avengers again, when Tony is handed video of the Incredible Hulk, it's actually scenes from the movie, The Incredible yeah, Hulk, sure. and he's yeah. watching it. So it is canon. That being said, there are so many things that happen. We'll get to it here. There's so many things that happen in this movie that are just, they don't exist anymore. Yeah. Or yeah. they exist, and we're just not going to go back to it for you know whatever yeah. reason, which makes sense when you see where the MCU has gone. That if you're try to try to reintroduce some of the themes of the Incredible Hulk, it it for lack of a better term, you are kind of hammer fisting your way mm -hmm. trying to get some of the stuff back in. I would say, Ryan, before we got to talk about. The Incredible Hulk. We we get at least give a little bit of a nod to Ang Lee's Hulk from oh, 2003. Yeah. That could be a whole other show. I I can't remember. Did that make your top ten of worst comic book movies? Yeah, that's I don't a think really it, good question. I don't remember. I don't think um, it was in. I can't remember it being in my top ten, but I guarantee it would be in my top twenty. It would definitely oh yeah, be in easily. my top twenty. I remember seeing it when I saw it in the theater at the time in 03. What this is on the heels again of, you know, uh, X-Men. Oh, yeah. Uh, Spider-Man. Uh-huh. You know, things are ramping up in the comic book. Fantastic you know, Four. Launch. Yeah. Fantastic Four. Like, so things are happening. And then Ang Lee comes, you know, with, he was a prolific director. Had come out with this uh, Hulk interpretation with um, Eric Bana. 
and Jennifer Connelly. I like your word interpretation because that yeah, is well, definitely what it was. <laughs> well, hey, you have interpretive dance and you have interpretive movies. Interpretive this Hulk. <laughs> this is an interpretive Hulk. The interpretive Hulk. The, <laughs> the interpretive Hulk. That's what this should be called. The interpretive Hulk. I think we just found our title. The interpretive Hulk. The interpretive Hulk. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, dude. So like, I remember going to see that and I remember going, I remember sitting in the theater and I remember like kind of, I mean, for me, this was, you know, essentially like my introduction to Hulk on the big screen, uh, up until this point, you know, it's always been in comics and I, you know, I saw some of the Hulk TV show way back in the day, but to be honest, like there was nothing modern enough to kind of like push it up. And so being able to, uh, sit down and I remember as I'm watching the movie, um, I during the first couple scene transitions, and if you remember anything about Ang Lee's Hulk, you always remember these scene trans- transitions. And and I haven't seen this movie since probably then. To be there's, honest with you, there is no I still remember to, it. There is no reason to see no, this no. movie again. Uh, only because I'm doing this show is there now a reason to see this movie <laughs> yeah. again? Like this, yeah. we did the show, and now we have to watch. This and movie we don't again. get paid to do that either. No, no, <laughs> it's no. out of the goodness of our hearts for these for our reasonableness that we will watch it for you. Don't worry about it. You don't need to watch it. Yeah, and so just the scene transitions alone, when they are moving from moment to moment, and it looks they tried to make it look like a comic book. Yeah, they had the square panels and the circle panels and it was all outlined it would it would kind of double up on the screen and then they'd zoom into the other one and you'd be in that sequence of things and when it was ready to change it went to another like zoomed out and then you saw like two panels and you zoomed into the other panel but it wasn't just a gimmick that they used for like the opening sequence or like the end sequence Oh no! It was literally the whole every thing. scene in the movie. Dude, the every whole scene blooming thing, man. The they whole didn't have one. Thing. They didn't have one jump cut nope. at all for nope. the entire thing. It was literally this crappy scene. And after a while, I remember seeing the first couple of times. I was like, "Well, that's kind of cool. Like, all right, like comic books, and like here we go." And then, uh, okay, like I get it. It's insanely right. distracting after oh a while. It just because it pulls you. It, you're literally like, as you're in, you gotta get sucked in. You kind of get into it, and you're like, "All right, like I'm getting there. I'm hearing you." And then you're out and in again, and you have to kind of start that process over again. I did like our, the only, the biggest thing I did like about Ang Lee's Hulk is that was you know obviously the you know we got to see him the jumping. Uh, you know, not yes. flying, but yes. that big, huge, you know, mm-hmm. five mile jumps that he would he was able to make. You know, which and that the was, MCU Hulk they utilized quite a bit. His yeah, his which we're ability, which yeah. we'll get there. We'll get you know, it's like we're kind of getting there with that. Like uh, you know, the Avengers has the trajectory stuff when he's hopping from building to building, and he's hopping from one building to another, and he's still on an upward trajectory, and he slams upward into the other side of the building, and then just goes. So he doesn't like arc from building to building. He literally just goes in a straight line from one point to another. Yeah, <laughs> just so kinda, powerful. Yeah, just kind of so good. Point him in the direction he needs to go, and, and yeah, and he just launches himself. But and that was I remember that that was the other kind of thing that I really remember about that is he had like the big five mile leaps of you know covering ground. I thought that was always cool. Uh, but other than that, I just remember Eric Bana and Jennifer. I think it was Jennifer Connelly, right? And then uh, yeah, you, you had Eric Bana, you had Jennifer Connelly, you had um, Sam. Um, oh, I don't not Sam Harris. Um, Sam. Oh man, I am drawing a blank. Who played Thaddeus Ross? Uh, anyway, um, 
yeah, and, and the only reason why we mention it is because Ang Lee's Hulk, and like I said, we, yeah. we could do an entire episode off of that. Was you won't so, like me when I'm angry? That was the yeah. big quote from that movie, right? It was the well, you don't, and it, you and it was a like throwback quote from the uh, Hulk TV show. You know, because yeah. that, that's what, uh, and he went by the name David Banner in the TV show, not Bruce Banner. Right, right, but right. that's what David Banner would, would always say when he would start to get in trouble. Don't make me angry. You wouldn't like me you when I'm angry, right? Like Which they did reference in the Incredible Hulk as well. They do. And, and even, uh, you know, when we get to the Ruffalo era, uh, you know, he basically says, I'm angry all the time. And, and that's how we find out that he learns to control, quote unquote, control. Well, they uh, and that's a direct after after the last scene of the movie is they he he's obviously in control enough to actually bring the Hulk forward. That's kind of the the end the end credits or the end sequence is him uh, meditating and bringing the Hulk forward, which as is an, he's meditating. Yeah, which I discovered today through some research was an interpretive ending that that uh, I want to share what I discovered um, because they wanted that to kind of go one of two ways depending on the success or failure of the movie. But yeah. the reason why we mention Ang Lee's Hulk is not to just, you know, beat on a dead horse, which is Hulk. And we can go on about how, you know, he was too green. He kind of looked like a big marshmallow at times. And clearly the CGI Hulk in that it movie. Was 2003 CGI, man. And yeah. That man. whole character was CGI. Like it, it it's just, tough. yeah, it was not motion capture uh, like, you know, the Ruffalo Hulk or the Edward Norton Hulk. Yeah. Uh, was motion captured. They they captured Ed Norton um, doing you know the Hulk's movements or and Tim Roth as he did the Abominations movements. This was just you know computer animation and it just you know ended up being really kind of a of a, a stinker you know for comic book fans and oh, for yeah. non comic book fans it, it was a stinker. It, it had a terrible payoff and and no one really wanted to see a Hulk story where yeah. the backstory is. I'm upset at my dad. Uh, no one really wanted to see that. And then, you know, the movie ends with Hulk fighting a big fart cloud that claims it's his dad, you know, and it's just, it was, what a mess, what a mess. So getting to the incredible Hulk, it, it's very interesting that, you know, when Marvel was wanting to set the pace for this new adventure. And again, knowing that they didn't know if Iron Man was going to be a hit or not. Yeah, this movie was already written and done by the time it Iron was, Man, obviously, by the time Iron Man launched. It was already written and done except for one scene, and that's the, the Tony Stark scene, was added post-production based off of the success of Iron Man. Yeah. Uh, so when The Incredible Hulk went into the can and it was done, there was no Tony Stark and General Ross scene. That was added yeah after the success of Iron Man. So they didn't even have that scene in there because they just didn't know. And so I, I remember when, when incredible Hulk, when you started seeing those trailers and, and one of the big trailer reveals, of course, when you went and saw Iron Man was you got right. the incredible Hulk trailer. Right. And you're just like, Whoa. And you know, the Hulk looked different. You had Edward yeah. Norton. It looked like it was, you know, the Hulk looked good. And, you know, the Hulk actually kind of looked like Edward Norton, too, which was really cool because, yeah. um, you know, the Hulk, while, while a monstrous version of Banner, the Ang Lee version, the Hulk didn't really look like Eric Banner. He just kind of turned into this green thing. And yeah, the Hulk should still have a somewhat visual similarity to, to Banner. 
Well, it's built off the bone structure, at least. right? You know what and, I mean? Like you've got you've got to have something. Yeah, there. and they've absolutely nailed it with with Ruffalo. I mean, the Hulk, oh, yeah. the Hulk's animation in in Ragnarok was easily some of the some of the best. Well, even so, the even the Avengers Hulk, it looked oh, great. Yeah, yeah, you know, you had well because you had what eight, you know, four years between you know filming on uh-huh. both of those on both sides, saying you know from from Edward Norton's shoot to Mark Ruffalo's shoot you know, in the motion capture that they did. So, I mean, technology was just out of control by that point. I mean, well, in the, comparatively in the, in the Hulk in, in the Edward Norton <clears throat> version is, you know, he stands very upright. He's very chiseled. He's very muscular. Uh, he's just, he's shredded. I mean, he's just ripped. Oh yeah. Right. Absolutely. Shredded. You know, yeah. just Hulkamania is running wild. And when we get to the Ruffalo version, he, he's not as big. He's big, but he's not, I mean, the incredible Hulk, or the Hulk in the Incredible Hulk is monstrously big. I mean, he's huge compared well, they're to. About, they're about nine, ten. I think well, about ten to fifteen feet tall. Yeah. If I, if you kind of look at the scenes where they're in the streets, comparatively to the cars, yeah. that they're throwing around. Like if you kind of use that as a scale, like he's like fifteen. It seems like almost fifteen feet tall. Extremely big. When we get to yeah. the Ruffalo edition, he's still big. He's still tall, but he's not just towering over like you know everybody and they gave him a little bit more of a simian look i mean he's a little bit more hunched over he you know kind of will use his knuckles and you know to speed himself up on the ground yeah which is very reminiscent of the comic so i think really what they were shooting for right from the get-go with the incredible hulk and i think you would agree is really separating themselves from anything remotely associated with the hulk He's going to look different. He's going to act different. Yeah. We got a different actor. We have a different look. I mean, everything. Uh, and that was the right move to make. I mean, Hulk yeah. had such a bad taste in people's mouths. Oh, yeah. Then when the Incredible Hulk was announced, I mean, my first thought was, oh, brother. I mean, is this a yeah, sequel? Is it a read? I mean, what are we doing? I mean, that first attempt was pretty lousy. I mean, I'd rather watch Lou Ferrigno in green paint. You know, yeah. seriously. I mean, at least a TV show for all of its camp was fun. Get a good yeah. time. You know, I didn't really have a lot of fun watching Hulk. Right. <laughs> uh, so, you know, here comes the Incredible Hulk. And, you know, it's you, you brought up something earlier. I want you to touch on that. That it's interesting that this movie was picked to be the second one right out of the gate. Oh, yeah. What did I say? I mean, it was just this. Uh, we were we were texting back and forth all day. We yeah, you just said because of the little bit day. of the slower pace of the movie. Yeah, the, so the, as the, as opposed the, to Iron Man, because yeah, Iron Man moves yeah, so. very briskly. Iron Man's a very brisk yeah. moving movie, and you Not have to stories to tell. There. And I think, and that's when I started thinking about like when I started thinking about like the story that you're telling between these two movies. You have a true origin story with Iron Man. You have, you know, a conception of, of, the, of the armor. You have delivery of that armor. Then after he's getting used to being Iron Man and who he, finding out kind of who he is, you're then introduced to the villain. And so you have like an origin story, like a clear origin story and villain uh, kind of presented in, yeah. in Iron Man. And the tone is... I mean, obviously, it's Iron Man, right? It's Robert Downey Jr. You got AC, you know, you you kick everything off with ACDC. Like you are in the movie. Back in Black starts that movie. Like it's kind of kicking right from the get go, which just is the exact opposite approach that Incredible Hulk starts with. 
Incredible Hulk starts with a very cinematic sound. You have symphony playing, and then you, you know, like what you were picking up on too, and, and as you hear through the entire, honestly, throughout the entire movie, which was super tiring for me, was you would hear the TV show theme just kind of played with and played around with and, and just kind of inserted into almost every orchestrated sequence that they had through the entire movie was just the TV show theme. Which was fine, but if you hear that theme, it's very, it's it's dramatic. It's and it, and not it's, an it, action-packed no, theme. No, the it's music very sweeping and very much a minor key. Like you're, it's just this very. It symbolizes very solitude. That's what it yeah. symbolizes is solitude. That you know, a man by himself, tortured. You know, he's got a demon, literally, kind of a demon, yeah. you know, living inside of him. Yeah. 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 yeah you're 100% right. It, it, the origin is told essentially in the opening credits. And, right. And it's so told, we don't ver- see, yeah. And, and so it's we told don't very see that quickly. Origin. Right, yeah. And you, you, you don't get like a, you don't get any of that sequence. It's what the first five minutes of the movie is showing the green light, uh, you know, the gamma radiation hit, he the turns into the Hulk, destroys well, the... Well, he gets the serum injected yeah. into him, and then he gets hit with the gamma ray, and... Right. And then he destroys the lab, and Betty's hurt, and you see General Ross covering Betty, and Everyone's all of a sudden, bloody. Every, it's, yeah, it's, everything's it, it, it's destroyed. Darker, it's a much darker yeah. movie than Iron Man in tone as well, too. Yeah. So right? everything's, everything's busted, but then from that point forward, when we, when we catch up with, with Bruce Banner... We are only seeing, we are seeing the life of Bruce Banner. And that's on, and the life of trying to figure out how to kill the Hulk. So when we kind of think about like, what is, what story are we watching? We're watching Bruce Banner trying to avoid authorities. We're watching Bruce Banner running, you know, essentially just living and hiding. Um, he's talking to this guy named Mr. Blue. And he's transferring information back and forth. So he's got a little makeshift lab with bicycle, you know, centrifuges. Uh, and, you know, and so. And, and he's learning and, Brazilian jujitsu to, with, yeah, with calming techniques. With, with somebody slapping him in the face, trying to make him sure he's not like going crazy. Like, but that was, the, but, you know, and you he works about, for an like, energy drink company. Apparently. And, he worked, and he worked for soda and he had, he made soda, you know what I mean? <laughs> Which then Stan Lee gets to drink and gets sick. And that's how they kind of find out where he is. Correct. Yeah. Which, so when we start to think about like how we think about Iron Man and we think about the origin story, we think about the transformation of a person and a character the walking steps that he takes for, you know, the fall from grace to the redemption. Like we see that in Iron Man step by step and we get to, we get along the story and we are able to relate to the character. This movie, Bruce Banner in represented here, unrelatable. Yeah. Thank you, you. are not That's, able yeah. to tie into, man, I understand what this guy's going through. He's, you know, done wrong and he wants to do right. At this point, Bruce Banner has really kind of done nothing wrong, only he found himself out of control with this monster, and he's trying to get it under control. But to be honest with you, when you're thinking about trying to tie in audiences to watch this movie, and you're seeing you know, somebody go through those steps, that origin story is super important, and they chose to wrap that up in about three minutes, and then uh, the only thing that we're looking at is Bruce Banner running around in Brazil, then running around in Guatemala, 
I mean, he's just running from the government. He's running from Ross, you know, until Ross finally catches up with him. And then we finally see the Hulk again. So, you know, there's not a lot to just connect to. And I think it's kind of interesting that they didn't, they chose him as the, as the second one right out of the gate when, you know, we think about how good America, you know, when I'm sorry, Captain America was first Avenger. We think about even, Still, it wasn't our fa- it wasn't our favorite movie at all, but Thor, like the first Thor and the story that the first Thor told was still, you know, fall from grace, find the redemption, you know, self-sacrifice, like it's the standard comic book story. And I think after seeing a standard comic book story movie like Iron Man, action-packed, tons of fun, Robert Downey Jr. is great, we see Edward Norton trying to not have enough swagger to walk around and and be smart and like <laughs> like yeah. we try to like trying to sell Ed Norton as a scientist which is tough that's a tough sell like he's really <laughs> like the dude just can't carry himself like like he like he's got low self esteem like he just doesn't do it yeah so. I, I I agree with what you said about <laughs> relatable because I mean it, many times during this movie I felt like I was just along for the ride. I'm I'm just I'm along I'm along for the ride. I'm just kind of spectating Absolutely. as things go yep. along, and, and you know we're not gonna we're not calling into question uh, Edward Norton's acting ability. The man is an incredible actor. Oh, that's represented thousands of times, almost thousands of times, right? Like it's, yeah, exactly. Clearly, dude's a great actor, gifted. Liv actor. Tyler, great actress. Can Liv Tyler is fantastic. Uh, love Liv Tyler. Thank God she's got her mama's looks and didn't get her daddy's looks. You know, seriously, you Steven Tyler. That. Yeah, no one Too wants to see Christmas. a female Steven Tyler running around. <laughs> Nobody. Nobody is asking for that. So uh, in terms of like relatability, yeah, you, you feel like you're along for the ride. And the chemistry is lacking between two very gifted actors, between Edward Norton yeah. and Liv Tyler. And sometimes that just happens. You can have... Two people who are very gifted and talented in any sort of medium, whether it be film, TV, music, you could put together two of the greatest musical artists of all time, put them in the same room, and they can put together music that sounds just clunky. And you're like, well, that didn't work, right? There's been plenty of super groups along the years that have proven (laughs) that point. Absolutely. Absolutely. So not calling into question his acting ability, I, I like what you said in that we don't really feel... Uh, we're not feeling his result of being the Hulk. I mean, we, you know, afterwards he's cold, he's disoriented, not really sure where he's at. Contrast that with Ruffalo's, and this is something that you just yeah. can't do. You, you can't talk about an Edward Norton banner Hulk without referencing a Ruffalo banner Hulk because it is the man who took the role over. I think of Banner in Age of Ultron in the Quinjet after the opening sequence. He's reverted back to Banner. I like how they still play up that he's cold and kind of like, you know, shivering afterwards because he's all covered up in blankets after he's yeah, yeah, come yeah. back. Um, after he sees the sun setting, you know, uh, per se. And he is so concerned about the havoc and destruction mm-hmm. that he has caused. And when Thor jokes when he's like, you know, Valhalla or not Valhalla, the uh, the opposite of Valhalla, the Norse version of of hell, 
uh, is filled with the, you know, the death songs of the men you have <laughs> slain today. Right. And he's just like, oh, like, you know, it's kind yeah. of played for a laugh. But in Banner's mind, he's like, oh, my gosh, I became I become this thing. I, I can't remember what I've done. I don't know right. what I'm doing. I've got to rely on these yahoos, these Avengers, you know, to talk to me, me down yeah. when, it, yeah. when it's done. And who knows if that's going to work. Right. And now here I am afterwards. I've got no memory of it. I'm I'm weakened. I'm disoriented. And here I've got this guy telling me that, you know, I've just, you know, thrashed how many people yeah and he doesn't enjoy it he doesn't relish it it's not something that he celebrates he's not a he's not yeah he's not a warrior he doesn't feel like that i mean tony barely feels like it he's trying to he's been trying to get out of the game ever since he got in you know he realized that uh we can't be doing yeah and that's 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 the unique bond that i think tony and bruce have is they're not warriors cap is a soldier thor is a warrior natasha is a spy slash you know, it's not really a soldier, but she, sold, I mean, she knows what the business assassin. is about. Yeah. Hawkeye knows what the business is about. Yeah. Uh, and they know to them, the loss of a life for the greater good is yeah. well, okay. Not that Steve goes around just gunning people down left and right, but sure. he doesn't have a problem with filling a Hydra agent full of bullets and not thinking yeah. twice about it. Right. Right. So yeah, you've got here you've got Banner who's like you say he's not a soldier, he's not a fighter, he's not a warrior, he's a scientist. And he got tricked into these experiments of taking the serum, the gamma radiation even though he volunteered for it. General Ross had these just very wicked ulterior motives. Well, General, uh, I mean wh- Ross knew the details of the of the of the of the Steve Rogers experiments and he Correct. knew like he knew what happened then. And so that's what they're trying to recreate. And there you go. Yeah. And so, but we don't really get that piece of the story until about 25, 30 minutes in when he introduces yeah. the serum to, um, Emil Blonsky played by Tim mm-hmm. Roth. who was fantastic as well too. hundred percent. So good in his role. And so, and that's, of course, you know, when you see the super soldier serum and the indirect references to Steve Rogers, you know, we put this on ice, you know, several years back. Uh, So that's introducing and the callback to Stark because when they pull out the canisters, Stark Industries is on the, on the canisters, which of course. Oh, something about the opening credit sequence. Oh yeah. yeah. It had the blueprints for the sound cannon. So when they go to subdue. Uh, they try to subdue the Hulk at the college campus. They bring out those big sound cannons. And if you, if you'll go back to the beginning credits of that, of the movie, they actually show the blueprints of those cannons, uh, when, with the Stark industries logo. And so I, th- I threw a question at you. I'm like, well, we know Steve didn't, f- or Tony didn't really find out about the Hulk until much later. Um, but he developed, obviously his company developed these sound cannons. Which could be kind of considered a non-lethal, you know, uh, control system yeah. that crowd, they were trying to crowd use. Subdue. Crowd mm-hmm. control. Yeah, so, crowd I mean, control. as Tony is trying to get out of the weapons game, that he's, they're still making, you know, maybe they're still in the industry, but they're making maybe some non-lethal stuff. And I kind of was questioning whether a fact of like, did Tony know anything that was going on when they got the order for these big sound cannons or was this repurposed for something else? But Well, I think it could be a couple things because when you look at the timeline of this movie and you guys all know how much I love the timelines, the events of this movie are actually 
if you try to piece it together, are post Iron Man 2. Yeah. Okay. Now, you can make the argument that only the Tony Stark scene is post Iron Man 2. Okay. You, you can make that argument. Yeah. I think it could be a couple things that, you know, number one, having those blueprints for Stark Industries um, and also seeing Nick Fury's name, you know, very quickly go by on one of the dossiers oh, yeah. there. Yeah. was to establish right from the get-go, this lives in the same universe as what you just saw two months ago with Iron Man. Okay, Because so, you're, you're remembering the end credit sequence. The last thing that happens in Iron Man, if we all remember, was Nick Fury shuts Jarvis down and hacks Jarvis to walk into Tony Stark's bedroom and has a conversation with him, introduces himself, and has a conversation with him. So the first thing that they establish inside of the Hulk, the first thing that comes across the screen in the credit sequence is... Tony Stark and Nick Fury. Please yes. remember. Yeah. Don't forget. Like, it feels, it feels this like this is all wait, together. Wait, wait, wait. It's back. Like, remember, <laughs> we, we did this a month ago. Like, this is the movie. That they're this related. is all tied like, together. They're related. <laughs> Trust us. They're related. So I think like, it could be twofold. It could yeah. be that if this movie, um, and, and also there, there is a lot of travel involved in this movie. So who knows really how long of a time span this movie is actually it could be a year it could be six months i mean because yeah. who knows i think the well, answer could be days fair. since incidents and it was like three i think one of them was like 186 yeah from like from the from the time of the of the experiment to when we catch up to him and then we get like another 17 or 21 days to when he gets to like he's not in guatemala i think he gets back to america in between Correct. like two week yeah. times and stuff so so you kind of you get a loose, some, get a loose yeah, timeline in there um i think it could be twofold with the stark thing number one i mean if the order was placed um you know pre tony saying we're getting out of the weapons game tony probably didn't care what the order was if the u.s army's yeah, paying build, he's gonna build mm -hmm. it who cares this is what you want we're yeah. gonna build it and plus, Stark Industries is a huge company, and so he may it's not, not know he every sees every single order that comes through. Exactly, that was made obvious in Iron Man when you know when the reporter approached him and said, "Well, these were just delivered into you know I can't remember what country it was, uh, but when they were dropped off, and he's like, i 'I'm not my company. I don't see every single order that goes through the correct. Through the, yeah, so the, chances are he may so, not even had yeah. a clue." Yeah. Uh, you know, and it also looks like that, you know, Stark uh, Industries may have even have still been, you know, building cryo tubes that he's yeah. just like, you know, those have been on the books since the 60s. OK, whatever. I guess <laughs> yeah. people are still buying them. All right. I guess we'll keep building them. So, yeah, you, you definitely have that link there. I, you know, one thing that that uh, I really. Overall for this movie is. Ryan, at times I feel like this is the MCU version of the Justice League because at yeah. times I can tell, and when you dig into the history of this movie, there, there is something like 70 minutes were cut from The Incredible Hulk. 70 some minutes. Uh, the initial goal was for this movie to be about two hours, 35 minutes. Uh, wow. Yeah, which, and, and to Universal's That's point, uh, I'm sorry, not 70 minutes. They wanted to be, yeah, they wanted it to be 135 minutes uh, long. And the the concern was from Universal was Hulk was long. That was a long movie. Yeah. And it was tedious. And there wasn't a ton of Hulk in it. No. 
No. Like, count the minutes the Hulk's on the screen. It's not a lot. No. It's hard like, to we're, do. A- we're already, we're busting up, to- we're all busting up Tom Hardy's, you know, Venom for not having, you oh. know, for the rumors that we're not going to see Venom too often. You want to look yeah. at, like, a perfect example of having a titled superhero or a titled hero, right, on the, on the, on the face of a movie and then only seeing that character. Mm, total of maybe 15 minutes of screen time maybe maybe 15 minutes of screen time dude yeah so you know universal started to get real cold feet because like you're you want us to put out a 135 minute hulk movie five years after ang lee's disaster which was sitting at about 135 to 140 minutes long so i can see that incredible apprehension for that yeah Especially considering that, you know, Iron Man is not a very long movie. Now, the, the MC movies seem to have gotten a little bit longer, you know, as time has yeah. gone on. And they, they, they have that luxury now because of the fan bases there, the, <clears throat> the insane amount of characters that are now being portrayed on screen. You've right. got to have, you know, a drawn out time. But there were several times during this movie, Ryan, I felt like we were going to go one direction as intended, but then it goes into another direction. And you can, you can kind of see where some of these scenes, excuse me, uh, were cut. And we kind of end up with almost maybe two different versions of the same film. Yeah. And as much as we enjoyed justice league, we, we still say we, we feel like we're watching two, different interpretations of the justice oh, league yeah. and, and they're often at war with each other. And yeah. that's how I feel with the incredible Hulk. It's not a bad movie. Yeah. I enjoy it. It's fun, it's messy, but it's messy. And at times I feel like this movie is at war with itself because when I think it's supposed to go this way, when all the tracks and paths lead to we're going here, but we go here instead. Yeah. It, and, and it's, I think it's just a good example of Marvel was learning their way without really trying to make the mistakes of the past, which brings us back to maybe Hulk shouldn't have been the second movie no. in to this storyline. I agree. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of that. I, you know, I'm, I'm obviously like, that's what you and I talked about earlier. It's just, I really wish not that it hurt MCU. Because overall, obviously, you know, the reception was so good for Iron Man that they pushed Iron Man 2 before they did anything else. Oh, yeah. Which just honestly just I feel like screwed up Iron Man's story more than anything. Because then it was like that third Iron Man movie that was right inside of Phase 2 was the final like solo film of his. And we all knew that. But it was such at an odd time inside the universe. There There wasn't a right way to make a third Iron Man movie. That uh, and it I just came felt like so fast off the heels of, so of the Avengers. I mean, it literally was so the fast. following summer, and yeah, you know the I, the, mm. the hysteria was still in full swing a year oh, yeah. after the Avengers, right? Oh, yeah. it, it, it just, I just wonder if whoever was going to be up next, whether it was Cap, whether it was Iron Man, uh, whoever. Yeah, I felt they probably would have taken a hit just off of that and and yeah you know in the iron but man not alone, was, man like winter yeah. soldier was so good i mean i mean it was one of the one of the best films in the mcu mm-hmm. um 
was Winter Soldier. So, I mean, and that came out in the same phase as Iron Man 3. And so... But it, 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 it know, came out before Iron Man 3, or no, after, right? Because Iron after, Man 3 was, was the, the first... Phase. It was the same phase, yeah, is was, what I mean. Iron Man 3 was the first post-Avengers right. movie, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they kicked off the new phase two with Iron Man, yeah, with Iron Man 3. So... Yeah. But yeah, with, with the Hulk being the second movie out of the gate, like, I mean, I... And the tone being just so starkly contrasted from, you know, no pun intended, but so such a stark contrast from Iron Man. Yeah. You've, I feel like you want to talk about a risky movie. We always talk about Iron Man being the risky movie. Like this was the risky movie. This one had the potential to shut down, uh, shut down the MCU. You know, you you put the second movie out there and, you know, then it's kind of like, okay, we've got two out there. How are we doing? You know, it's got a 67% on Rotten Tomatoes. Like, that's not great. You know, audiences were having trouble connecting with it, you know, the, for the reasons we kind of talked about, where it's just, we didn't have our tip- stereotypical story, t- you know, storytell of, uh, of, of, of a hero, of a superhero. You know, audiences kind of went in there thinking one thing and thinking, um, the audiences went in thinking Iron Man. They walked in that movie going, all right, Iron Man, all right, like, we're going to see Incredible Hulk, Iron Man, like, and then they get there and we hear, you know, just, they put to sleep by the music alone, it's just Snoozeville, and all the dialogue between Edward Norton and Liv Tyler, I talked about this before, like, if they whispered one more time, (laughs) one more time, whisper (laughs) one more time, like, geez, man, like, it was just, everyone was playing it so careful and it was like it took all of the emotion out of it i didn't see any chemistry between Liv tyler and edward norton and you know you put and we like you said before man you put two talented people in the room super talented people i mean you mentioned it as we were kind of talking about this today of Liv Tyler's lines inside of lord of the rings Mm -hmm. and how like tear inducing they were oh yeah um you know when when she's talking to uh who she well she when uh when frodo gets uh stabbed by one of the nazgul and they're trying to get frodo to rivendell which is the elven kingdom right yeah and aragorn boy we're really getting nerdy here talking lord of the rings uh aragorn uh is trying to get frodo to rivendell after being stabbed with this you know sort of one of these Nazgul because he's starting to become one of them now. And, uh, he, you know, runs into Arwen who is portrayed by, by Liv Tyler. And she takes Frodo on her horse because she says, my horse is faster. I can ride faster. Yeah. And so the Nazgul are chasing her it, it, very thrilling, uh, horse chase scene. It's very, it, it, Peter Jackson filmed it just, well, I mean, the Lord of the Rings trilogy is just an amazing trilogy. Hobbit story for a different day, but Lord of the Rings, he, he, just excellent. And she crosses a river, and um, Frodo is on the brink of collapse, and he's starting yeah. to yeah. fade. And she lays him down on the ground after she has stopped the Nazgul. She turns the uses her elven magic to turn the river into uh, horses, and that washes the Nazgul away. And she leans over Frodo and she, and I said this, that Liv Tyler has an excellent cry face. And what I mean by that is she emotes so well 
that when she cries, you want to cry because she is crying. Natalie Portman is another one that when she is portraying a heartbroken scene, you're like, oh, you know, you just, you feel it with her. And she has this beautiful line as she's tearing up, whatever grace is bestowed on upon me, let it pass to him. And that, right. the way she delivers that line as if it's a prayer, a wish, however you want to interpret that is done with such beauty sorrow and grace that yeah. it, it literally chokes me up every time. I'm just like, wow, what an amazing yeah. delivery. And so she's really, really good. And, and she worked hard to become a good actress because when she started acting, a lot of people are just like, Oh, here we go. You know, she's a former model. She's very attractive mm-hmm. rock stars. Daddy's little girl wants to, you know, be in movies. And a lot of people didn't take her very serious. And yeah. just thought, well, here, here's just some more eye candy who thinks that she can act. And right. she worked really, really hard to get the roles that she got. And she's very, very good. She just didn't have any chemistry with Edward Norton. It just, it, yeah. it, it was just tough. wasn't there. It was a tough yeah. sell. And you could tell they were both working very hard to produce chemistry. I don't yeah. think either one of them were just like reading lines and going through the motions. I felt that they were working hard. It just wasn't happening. It just wasn't there. Yeah. And it was, I mean, it was the line deliveries. I just, you know, I th- and I think a lot of times you can't really blame, you know, actors are the, are the people that are on the screen, you know, but it's, it's really up to the director to make sure that things are happening in front of the camera too. And I think, you know, that's part of the director's job is to, say, hey, let's change this up. Let's change this approach. This isn't really feeling it. This isn't really working. But the director never made those decisions. I think it was Louis uh, something. Yeah, um, Louis anyway. Letterer. Letterer. And so, you know, when, with the director not making those calls, you're going to see, you know, what, what can I happen on the screen? I think to me, you know, as we kind of, as we're, as we're winding into this, this whole thing, to me, I, I think I found the missing, the, the only thing that makes this whole movie unwatchable and honestly, like, rips it right out of the MCU was Martin Starr. You know, they can't clean up continuity no. by having Martin Starr, who was the, if you remember, he's the guy, he's the teacher in Homecoming, in Spider-Man Homecoming, who teaches them on the field trip. Gilfoyle. But if you'll, there, he's, yeah, Gilfoyle. So Gilfoyle, <laughs> Martin Starr, is in a single shot in this movie as eating a piece of pizza that Edward Norton drops off in the college campus. And is, and I'll never like, I totally absolutely, you know, absolutely forgot that he was even in this movie. And sure enough, I see him eating a piece of pizza. He's holding up a piece of pizza as nodding as as uh, Edward Norton kind of snuck his way in. He, you know, he talks to Lou Ferrigno, um, hands off, you know, who, who did the voice, for the Hulk. Yeah, he did the roars. Um, and, this, and, yeah. and, and he did the roars. He did, and he, you know, funny enough, you and I caught a line of dialogue that we had never caught before separately. Yeah. And we both, it was just, what do you say, leave me alone. Yeah. After the first time we uh, see him turn inside yeah. of the soda uh, plant, yeah. he, you don't he get says, to see, leave me alone. Yeah. He's shra- shrouded by steam. And you just hear this, leave me alone. Yeah. And I think it's super interesting because I feel like, you know, he talks about how, he doesn't really remember a lot from the transition. He's like, it's like acid being poured on your brain and everything's on fire. And I can remember certain things. 
and you know, and, and, and live, certain, uh, certain things and, will and, trigger a memory like the shower head reminds right, him of the, the shower gun. Head. Yeah. So he'll get flashes. He always says, but you know, uh, Betty Ross, I'll talk to him about, you know, you need to understand that I think so, you're still in there, but you may not realize it right now, but you're still in there. You're still like that. And I think that's a really interesting picture as we see him start to try to control the Hulk throughout the MCU. Um, obviously, he, you know, he does that meditation at the very end. In the Avengers, he, you know, he even toys with the Hulk coming out when uh, uh, Scarlett Johansson's character, Black Widow, shows up in, what was it, Dubai? Uh, no, uh, or not uh, Dubai. India. They were um, in India. India. Yeah. But th- when she shows up in India and he like kind of toys with it a little bit, he, he can get the voice out of it. You know, he just don't, don't lie to me. Yeah. And it was the, very much the Hulk talking. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, later when he, you know, totally lets the Hulk out. And then, of course, we see the event, the Age of Ultron happen where he's, you know, he gets, he, you know, Loki's scepter messed with him the first time. Now Scarlet Witch messed with him the second time. And at that point, I think after Scarlet Witch messing with him, the Hulk as an actual person or persona, you know, took over. We learned about that in Thor Ragnarok. Yeah, he became, the, he became the dominant personality. Yeah. And, and made Bruce Banner go to sleep. Like he just said, I'm no, he's sleeping. He's out. Like he's not here. Yeah. It's, it's literally just the Hulk at just that Hulk. point. And so I, and so it was kind of interesting to hear. Now, if you, if you take all of that information and you go back to now the incredible Hulk and that one line being delivered, leave me alone. The Hulk does not communicate that way and doesn't even feel that way. The Hulk is a rage monster. Yeah. Like, that's what the Hulk is like. He's a rate. He doesn't. It's not a lot of consciousness, like really flowing around there. At least if at he this makes point, eye contact. At yeah. least at if this he point. makes eye contact yeah. with 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 Ross. He, you know, there's something there, and he can calm down. But Ross was nowhere near. You know, obviously this was just a time for the Hulk to show up, and he even still saw. So I think, like, as we go on, the Hulk takes a little more and a little more and a little more until Ragnarok. So it's like at this point in the relationship. He didn't have control over the Hulk at all, but he was he could still communicate through yeah the yeah. Hulk persona. While later on, that split that ridge becomes more and more defined, where those are actually ending up two different personas after so much time has passed. Yeah, yeah so I he didn't agree. heal. He's not healing that bridge, and that's what's kind of interesting is that that's not that relationship's not getting any better. It actually got worse over time. Like that ridge and that separation became worse as time went on. Well, you know, and when you mentioned too the 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 direction uh, of the film, it it seems to be as is the case sometimes with with Edward Norton, who for you know, I mean, he's an artiste, Ryan. That whatever <laughs> yeah. artiste, artiste, whatever he's involved in, he likes to yeah. be involved in, which means he's just not there to act. You know, he wants to. Yeah be a part of the screenplay. He wants to be a part of the editing process. He wants to be, you know, a producer credits. Sometimes he wants to be a part of the direction. And while this movie did have a little bit of controversy surrounding Edward Norton that he had, because he actually went in and did some post-production editing on this movie. And whether that was with the knowledge of the director 
and Kevin Feige and Marvel and Universal. Right. That's still up for debate. <laughs> um, I think we can probably connect the dots on who is still in the MCU and who's not. Um, because the House of Mouse will only allow so much tinkering before you're yeah. just shown the door, right? We, we've oh, yeah. seen that with the Star Wars movies, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, the original directors for Solo, you know, yeah. from, from what we hear, they were, they were directing this movie, basically allowing the actors to improvise their way through. And Disney was like, Oof. nope, see ya, right? And they're yeah. probably still going to produce a lemon, but they gave them the boot. They gave, yeah. you know, the original director for episode nine, they gave him the boot before he even really started filming anything. Right. So Disney has made it very clear with these two properties, whether it's the MCU yeah. or Star Wars, you're going to get some leeway, but you're not going to get a lot. And I think that we even see that with Iron Man three, you know, Shane, and I'm not going to, I'm not going to bash Iron Man three here, but Shane Black is best buddies with Robert Downey Jr. Robert Downey pushed for Shane Black to write and direct Iron Man 3. He was given that opportunity. It, they produced what they produced. And right. even though it made a lot of money, and you talk about Last Jedi upsetting Star Wars fans, Iron Man 3 upset <laughs> a lot of Marvel fans, including me. Now, I don't throw the baby out sure. with the bathwater with that movie, but it's still disappointed on a number of levels. And oh, if you yeah. look at the story that was presented there, how... I wouldn't say a lot, but there's been enough retconned out of that that it almost doesn't even play a factor anymore. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So if Edward Norton was legitimately, you know, dinking around with the product post-production, that probably would explain why he's no longer with Marvel and why they chose to go in a different direction. And, you know, when when we think of Edward Norton's portrayal, it I think the guy did what essentially what he thought Bruce Banner was and is. I don't think he had a disrespect for the character. I don't think that Letterer had a disrespect for the character. They just didn't nail who Bruce Banner is. They, yeah. it, it was a miss. It was, it was a good shot. It was a good shot. It was a miss. And yep. the banner that we were expecting was not one that is going to be oozing self-confidence and swagger. Uh, even pre-Hulk, that's not who Banner was and is. He's, he's a scientist. He's a nerd. He's a, he's a nerd. Yeah, for sure. And a mechanic. That, that's, that's, why he, that's why him and Tony get along so well. Because even though Tony is a rock star, he's a nerd. Tony's a nerd. <laughs> He's a big nerd. He's a huge yeah. nerd. He's just a rock star nerd, right? So yeah. that's why Banner and Stark get along so well. It's a couple of nerds hanging out together, you know, just well, nerding I mean, that's it up. The first thing that, that's the first thing that, that, that uh, you know, Stark pitches Banner when they get on the, when they get on the aircraft oh, together. Oh, yeah, you should come check was, out Stark Tower, like, the R&D. The and, whole, yeah. like, first top 12 floors are all R&D, and you'd have a field day in there. Just like, go you, do whatever you, you want to do. By. Yeah, just, just, you know. Him and, him and Stark are the ones that built, you know, built Vision, yeah. you know, essentially. Like, they, you know, and, and Thor came in after he had his Vision and activated him and, and yeah. you know, put his power into there's it. There's a bromance they between, built, there's a bromance you know, between they, Bruce and Tony. There's a little bromance. Yeah, they brewing. built Vision. Yeah. Just a little. Or they, they, they helped Vision. Get built. <laughs> well, no, Ultron. Well, they built Ultron. 
is who they, they built Ultron. They built Ultron. And yeah. yeah, they built Ultron together. And, and I, I just, when I think about, you know, what potentially could have been with Edward Norton and I, I remember kind of feeling like, you know, when there was talk that he wasn't going to be coming back as the Hulk yeah. and, and I was kind of like, Oh man, you know, do we want them messing around with this? And, but then anymore you get to thinking again. about it. Yeah. Here we go again. Right. It's like, Ooh, we're going to recast the Hulk. I mean, you know, yeah. and I think back and I think to what we have now and the story that the Hulk has been presented post incredible Hulk now in three movies, Avengers, yeah. age of Ultron, Ragnarok. I really cannot see as much as I enjoy Edward Norton. I am a fan of Edward Norton. Oh yeah, absolutely. Fight club and American history acts. And another one that's, that doesn't get a lot of play, but it's a movie called rounders with him and Matt Damon. Yeah. Yeah. Rounders. Three of my favorite Edward Norton movies. Just excellent. Excellent portrayals. I don't think he would have that same chemistry in this group that they have assembled now, no pun intended, <laughs> that they have assembled now that Mark Ruffalo would. And yeah. with Mark imagining, Ruffalo... Imagining like Avengers, those sequences with Mark Ruffalo in, uh, you know, while they were messing around with finding all the shield weapons and like oh, yeah, exposing yeah. all the dirty secrets, like understanding that sequence now and then kind of imagining Ed Norton's delivery of that would be, it would just be swagger. way weird. Yeah. It just, <laughs> it wouldn't, way weird. it wouldn't fit because you know, Ruffalo has got this really great delivery, you know, and when he delivers those lines about, you know, I know why you brought me on here, you know, Loki's staff is starting to interfere with him and he's, yeah. and he's looking at everybody accusingly and, and he just, it, even even though he hasn't transformed yet, his clothes still aren't fitting right. You know, he's just kind of like, yeah, he's out of place. He's, he's just, just out a of man place. out of place. In, in where Edward Norton has a swagger and a feel. It's like, hey, I belong here. I'm Edward Norton. I belong here. <laughs> you know, yeah. and it's it just kind of comes with with who he is. And I I don't think it's a stretch at all to say that Marvel and Edward Norton they did the right thing by by parting ways and. Yeah, I think that I'm I'm grateful for what Edward brought to the Incredible Hulk. His portrayal was much better than Eric Bana, and that's not a slight on Eric Bana either. Eric Bana is another great actor. He just wasn't Bruce Banner. He just it was the a Hulk it, was it was a miscast. Yeah. It was a miscast. You needed from to have start to end. Yeah. Right? Oh yeah, and you needed to have somebody who really, honest, honest to goodness, understood that Bruce Banner Hulk relationship. Um, to understand how to actually bring that out on the screen, and I, you know, obviously Joss Whedon, you know, uh, as as lately as we've you know run him through the mud a couple of times, um, but Joss Whedon and that Avengers movie is is sincerely oh. one of the best movies, and his mm -hmm. direction for the Hulk and Mark Ruffalo outstanding, uh, outstanding, was just spot on because he is intimately you know, uh, I guess intimately close with those characters and how those characters work. And there, there's a couple things here from that, that in the movie that are left completely wide open. And this is where you and I talk about how, Oh yeah. It's essentially been retconned. Uh, the first thing that comes to mind is, well, you already said it, uh, the leader, we, Mr. Blue, Tim Blake Nelson. Yeah. yeah. Blake Nelson, Mr. Blue. 
uh, when Abomination wrecks, uh, not wrecks the lab, but gets the final injection of Banner's blood to mix with his own, uh, some spills on Mr. Blue, and we see the head kind of go, get all wobbly. Yeah, he gets and, knocked in, gets a head wound, yeah, and then the blood gets into the wound. In, and it starts to elongate. Um, and then he gets this crazy smile on his face. Yeah, and that allegedly was supposed to be the leader. And that was the idea. That's the writers of the movie, the director, everybody has said, yes, that was supposed to be the launching point of the leader. How many movies has the leader been in now, Ryan? Well, Samuel Stearns was in this movie. <laughs> there so you the, go, right? But as the leader goes, <laughs> like, and Samuel Stearns, like, that's the care. That's the name for the lead. You know, that was his yes, name. That was his name. Before yes. he trans- transitioned into the leader. But, it, you know, it's like, yeah, this is it. This is the only time we get to see the leader or Samuel Stearns on screen is literally right there. Like, that's and, that was the first and last time. That we've seen Tim Blake Nelson in the MCU <laughs> and, and playing. Uh, apparently, this he's sitting in Harlem somewhere with a big elongated head, and who knows what he's. No talk. And that's the thing is, and there's no communication. Uh, and there was communication about where um, you sent along the consultant, the one shot that's super important that yes. kind of wraps up that storyline. It ties in a bow, it well, ties it, it up. Red cons okay, the heck out of it, is what it does. Oh, yeah. yeah. 100%. You know, at the end of the movie, um, you know, it's kind of weird because it. I remember watching that final fight scene and the Hulk and the and Annihilation are just going at Abomination. it. Abomination. And I love Abomination. Sorry, Abomination. And, I, and there's a few things in there that I absolutely love. One is that thunderclap. Yes. Like the Hulk thunderclap. I, they need I to bring that back. I love that. They need they to bring that absolutely. back. That's like Superman's ice breath. When we saw the ice oh, breath yeah. in Justice League, we were both like, yeah, yes. Yes, yeah. finally. Yeah. But the thunderclap to put out the fire. And just the deafening sound that it had, like it knocked people around in the helicopter and it just blew the fire out. The, the clap is just iconic. It's traditional, classic, yeah, traditional, iconic, classic. Hulk. Yeah, absolutely. So good. And I loved seeing that on the screen. I remember seeing that at the time going, yes, like the thunderclap. Like, yes. it's so great to be able to see that. Um, so, you know, we had, so, uh, but while they're fighting, like the end sequence when he's like choking him out, right? And, and Betty comes to, kind of like hey don't kill him like you've got to understand that it's bigger than that then he steps on his chest and like does this weird twisting motion and you hear this bones crack and then you're like okay did he kill him there or like (laughs) chose not to kill him but choke him out instead chose to cave his chest in (laughs) and then caved his chest in like and but he didn't but it like that didn't kill him you know that just like incapacitated him but yeah, that was the first time, first and last time that they even mention, because they even mention Annihilation. Abomination. The, er, abomination. Gee, many Christmas. <laughs> they mention Abomination. I'll get it right at some point. They're going to have a character called Annihilation, and I'll, and I'll swap them again. And then, so, but Abomination is even mentioned at the end of like where he is and like what they've done with him. Yes. Um, and, but, you know, Mr. Blue Tim Blake Nelson's character, who was clearly—I mean, that's the leader. He, that's the leader, but it was a clear moment on screen yes. where he is being affected by this blood. Like, you, how do we not even address? He, not even addressed. Like, just well, under the rug. 
And then, as you mentioned, the, the yeah. entire blood library. He's got a whole of- lab full of synthesized <laughs> banner blood. Again, that apparently is just hanging out in Harlem. For hanging out in college. Hanging out in a college lab somewhere. In Harlem. Uh, Luke Cage hasn't run across it. Uh, the Help. Avengers have never bothered to go deal with that. Um, yeah, Defenders miss it. The Defenders know, just dance right Jessica by Jessica Jones it. and all her P.I. glory can't, can't take a Jessica picture of that Jessica has no either. idea that that's there. <laughs> yeah, man. So you've got that. Um, and then like to your point, it's like, you know, you've got uh Blonsky has been he's been taken into custody. Uh and it takes us to the Tony Stark scene, which is such an interesting scene because again, that scene was not filmed until yeah. after Iron Man was released. Iron Man was such a huge hit. Universal Marvel Studio goes, how do we get Robert Downey in this thing? Because, I mean, this is gold. We just need to infuse it. Like, we need to we continue need to make this. We need that hard connection yeah. between these two movies. How are we going to do this? Well, so they put together this quick scene. Uh, in fact, I, I, if I remember right, I think Robert was, was filming Sherlock Holmes at the time, I, I, if I remember been, yeah. correctly. So he, you know is whisked away off of set there to film this scene with general Ross, uh, who, by the way, I got to say, William hurt. I really enjoyed his Thaddeus Ross. I, I enjoyed him as general Ross and I enjoyed seeing him come back again in civil war, but yet make no mention of anything that happened in the incredible Hulk. But (laughs) interesting. Hmm. Yeah. Like where'd your daughter go general? You know, the one that was in love with banner. I mean, and even when he, when he asks cap, Remember, he asked Cap in Civil War. He said, you ha- he goes, have you even heard from Banner or Thor? You would think there would just be that, like, maybe a little bit of just bile in his voice when he would say Banner. You, you know? would think so. Just a like, little bit. Like, you haven't even, a little, or, there's so many opportunities. Or even to him Tony as, met. Yeah, or like, just refer to know. him as, have you, have you heard from the, that beast or that monster? I mean, just kind of take a dig. Yeah. You know, um, rather than just say Banner. You know, have you heard from Nothing. Banner or Thor? I just, I would think well, even that when he, after, I mean, and he's looking at Tony and he's not even refer like they had moments in the Hulk that the incredible Hulk that clearly was advancing the storyline. Like, yeah, you can't, I mean, it would have been, it, w- it would have been like dream world for them to talk, uh, abomination. Like that would have been great. Like for them to even like or mention abomination, like even, in a deleted scene, like I would love, or to what see if that. you had on the raft, Emil Blonsky sitting in one of the cells. Oh yeah, man. Just a, a quick yeah. Tim Roth cameo. Like Tony walks yeah, by yeah. and was like, you know, oh, what's man. up Blonsky? You know, yeah. just, just, an, just like, there he is. Because where else would he be? Where would they keep yeah. him? You know, it, it, cause if he can it's turn the only place that they could keep him is in there is, because is the apparently, raft. Yeah, it, he's not. Cha- it's not a change back situation with Blonsky. No, like, he is. Th- that was a permanent yes. change. That's to where he. His, they would have to have it. him somewhere. So you get yeah. to this scene with with General Ross and Tony Stark, and, and it's a great scene. You know, Ross is sitting there. He's getting hammered at a bar. He's a oh, defeated yeah. man. Banner's he's drinking the same. He's drinking like the the soda. Yes. It's 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 a liquor, uh, and, and that's that green soda yes. that they that they had he's at the probably beginning of the movie. Filling it with vodka or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's getting hammered. Uh, reload, reload, reload. <laughs> and you know, Banner's gotten away. Uh, Abomination yeah. and Hulk just wrecked a huge portion of Harlem. Shield's got to clean that because we and we also find out in this movie that Ross is a part of Shield. Right. He's just 
excuse me, he's not just a, a colonel or a general in the U.S. Army. He's an active member of S.H.I.E.L.D., so he's not very trustworthy. So S.H.I.E.L.D. is trying to clean up this mess in Harlem and, and cover up. How do we explain these two rage beasts running through? And he's lost his daughter. His daughter wants nothing to do with him. So he's sitting there, you know, all disheveled. In comes Tony. We got the swagger, the rock star. Everybody loves Tony. Such a great scene. And he says, we're putting a little, he said, here, you got a problem. There's a dig at the suits. You got such nice suits, Tony. You know, that's a great, great uh, yeah. back and oh, forth. Fantastic. Yeah. Great back and forth. Uh, and I love Tony's line of like, you know, my dad was right. You know, should be investing in hardware. You know, again, pointing out yeah. that Howard, other than Steve Rogers, was never on board with the serum fully he never thought and, he, and you see that in civil war as well too that he never yeah. really fully bought into well let's just inject these guys with stuff right yeah and then he tells them well we're putting together a little team and you know then go the credits and you're like oh they're going after the hulk right they're going after the hulk the hulk is going to go on a rage yeah. the avengers will have to assemble to go stop the hulk and I remember getting super excited over that. I'm like, whoa, that's going to be whoa, awesome, yeah. right? Because that was the storyline of the original Avengers comic. Yeah. Was getting the Hulk in line. The Hulk back under control. Yeah. yeah. So we get to the first Avenger. We're introduced to the Tesseract. Income Infinity Stones. And the narrative changes pretty quick that it's not going to be the Hulk. We're looking at something much bigger that's going to be bringing the Avengers together. Yeah. So now we've got a problem because we've got a scene where Tony says we're putting together a little team. Well, then you're like, well, maybe he was there to try to recruit the Hulk. Well, that doesn't work because well, Ross has no control. over Ross has no control over Banner and doesn't even know where he's at. Okay. Well, then we find out through this little short that was, I believe, on the Thor Blu-ray. I think it, I think that's yeah, it's of, called the consultant It's called the consultant well after Iron Man two where, and guys, you can find it. If you have the Thor Blu-ray, if you have the Thor digital version, um, it's not on there. I think it was exclusive to the Blu-ray, but I'll tip your hat. You can find it. Yeah, a lot of these one shots are, you can find it on, on the internet. Just gonna leave it at that. Yeah. <laughs> it's believe it or not, guys. Weirdly enough, you can find it's on this, this worldwide on database internet. of information. And it's called the consultant. And it is a serious retcon of the problem that that scene presented. Because here's the thing, Ryan. Originally, the the plan was for the Hulk to be the villain in Avengers. The villain, right. quote unquote. But that So they needed Ross to help track down correct. where Bruce Banner could have gone. Correct. Right. And because they found him in the first place, they were, you know. They had the skills. They had the, the, the team to come together to actually find out where the Hulk was in the first place. So it, to track him, to continue to track him, totally possible. And they, they course changed, decided to go with something bigger, which they still had Hulk versus Avengers in Age of Ultron with the yeah. Hulk Buster versus Hulk. We didn't really, great. which was great. And we didn't need to see all of the Avengers trying to take down the Hulk. We, we didn't need to yeah. see that. The, the, the brief fight between Thor and Hulk in the first one, the fight between the Hulk Buster and Hulk in the second one, we're, we're good. We don't need to see the Avengers yeah. trying to rally to go after a raging Hulk. Right. So they course correct on that. So now what did they have to do? Well, they put together this little Marvel short called The Consultant, 
with Agent Sitwell and um, Coulson, where basically Tony was going to inquire about getting the abomination to work with the Avengers, but with the knowledge that he wouldn't actually give up the abomination. It's a whole convoluted thing to just kind of yeah, it, it really whisk just away kinda, this, this yeah. scene that really, if you take it for what it is, you're like, how does this even fit? What, what is Tony talking about here? Yeah. And that's why we say the incredible Hulk is that weird piece of this puzzle because there's so much in it <laughs> that's canon, but it doesn't, it, it's disjointed and it's, it, it's got these wide open, I guess, uh, plot holes that will probably never be addressed. Like where's abomination? Yeah. Where is, where's the leader? And where yeah. is this lab full of banner blood? <laughs> all Hello? of it was apparently taken care of by shield and betty you know? ross and, she and just joined a convent somewhere bye. i guess and yeah <laughs> and and general thaddeus ross remembers nothing about <laughs> about Shows what happened to talk to tony like like it's oh hi mr mr stark my name's general ross yeah my name's <laughs> general ross we're, we're meeting for the first time despite the fact that, yeah yeah so you know it's a fun movie ryan i enjoy it um i really enjoyed rewatching it i really did yeah it's for all of its faults it it was one of those because i haven't seen it you know i how many times you and i both have talked about watching yeah threw on first avenger today threw on winter soldier today threw on iron man 2 today mm-hmm. like as much as we kind of rewatch, you know casually the rest of this film franchise Four was is one that I I I have rewatched, you know, okay. not too long ago. But I, okay. you know, just to kind of honestly, well, actually, it was not too long ago because uh, Lauren and I went and saw Ragnarok together, and yeah. she wanted to see. Oh, she she's like, well, I need to I need to understand more of Thor. So we watched Thor one and two story. together, okay. and I was reminded how just just how like I did not like Thor one. Oh man, um, I just I I enjoyed Thor one. <laughs> Thor two is just woof we. I enjoyed the lore of Thor 2 more than I enjoyed the storyline of Thor 1. Okay. All right. Fair enough. But I, fair I mean, enough. Thor 2 delivery, again, you, you know, it's not, you're not off base here. It's just, you know, I just, yeah. ugh, woof. See you, <laughs> Natalie Portman. I enjoyed, yeah. <laughs> another piece, just, just cut that piece of moldy cheese off yeah. the block, man. She's, uh, that is gone. She joined the Edward Norton and, and Terrence Howard you know what's funny though well no well, i would say like not really because like she at least played the same character you yeah, know what i mean she got like, to at least her be character, in two movies she's hanging out with with tim blake nelson and the she's with the banner blood that's what the whole thing is natalie portman so I, I, is with the banner blood when 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 disney did the alumni picture yeah was natalie portman terrence howard and edward norton in that no that sucks dude because they're they're mcu they're in there. Yeah. Oh, well, but, uh, you know, that contract was, was put through a shredder a few times to be <laughs> next, honest. Like, next time, real. baby. Next, not for you. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Never gets old, man. Never gets old. Oh, dude. Well, oh, we hope you guys well, enjoy. I think what's kind of interesting. Well, um, you got something else to add? Yeah, I've got, I've got, I've got. Oh, please do. Thing. Just as I was, was going to ask for a prediction yeah. on infinity war, but you finish with your, with your incredible. Actually, that's where I'm headed. Okay. So, with with Infinity War just kind of around the corner, um, there's been some new TV spots about Shuri, um, and uh, you know her. I, I, they actually did the scene with her scanning Vision. I don't know if you saw this one. 
but she scanned vision and she held, you know, she holds it up in her little hologram wrist, you know, thing that they have. Mm -hmm. And she asks Banner, she asks him, well, why, you know, how did you link the neurons? How did you link them together? And he told her, well, we couldn't link, um, well, we couldn't link them something about, I don't know what he says, some science-y, right? Non-linearly through the thing. We did it through science. (laughs) We did it through science. And she goes, well, why didn't you do it this other way? Well, why didn't you connect them in a way like this? And he goes, uh, we didn't uh, think of of that. So it's really kind of interesting that they're setting, they're definitely, and like you and I predicted when we saw Black Panther, they are, her her character is taking over the science and technology portion of this Avengers. Like it's almost with that one scene, it tells me everything I need to know and I'm ha- so happy like that's happening, honestly. Like I love Tony, I love Bruce, and I love their science, and you know, I love how they can get into stuff and like start taking apart stuff. I love the transition. Yeah. Because she just flat out asked him, Well, why didn't you do it this way? And he's like, it just like like blew his mind that he was just like, Oh, because Well, uh, I, we I still maintain we may see her wear armor when this is all said and done. That'd be great, man, yeah. to be able to see that like portion of the comic book. Mm-hmm. You know that was yeah, Ironheart recently with yeah. Marvel. That'd be kind of neat. The the Lionheart, you know. Yeah, Ironheart in the comics. Her name Ironheart. is Riri. Uh, but yeah, we, what we have seen, uh, you know, in the MCU is we don't have to follow uh, panel no. for panel what's in the book. No. So um, it's its own series. Yeah, it's its own yeah. universe. We we could we could maybe see but, her don some armor. Yeah, but that's interesting. Here's my, it, here's, it, my here's my question in theory though. Yeah, is that so? She is. We obviously understand her work with Winter Soldier. We understand her work with Bucky and how she was able to essentially reprogram his brain to stop responding to all those call letters and to stop responding to the hypnosis. Yeah. My biggest kind of question is... She reprogrammed his brain. So those those code words don't work anymore. Yeah. Yeah. So she reprogrammed his brain so those code words don't work anymore. Is there a possibility of how they start exiting these characters off of, you know, we're going to essentially these characters, we're going to get like some new Avengers happening or the, you know, if Avengers keeps going, we're not going to continue to see, we already talked about this. We're not going to continue to see cap or, or we're not going to, uh, it's Chris Evans, Robert Downey Jr. Mark Ruffalo. Like these characters are going away in some ways. And I'm wondering if she will do some work with banner and his brain and his body to figure out how to subdue because what he wants and what he's always talked about. Now he's been able to use the Hulk and the Hulk has been useful, but from the beginning, from this Edward Norton movie all the way through to Thor Ragnarok has been, I don't want Hulk. He doesn't want to be that. And he doesn't like to be that person. I'm wondering, and this is me speculating if they're going to use some of the Wakandan technology to figure out how to reverse those processes with him. So he will only become Bruce Banner as a consultant, as you know, as a, because if, if theory is correct, and this is my full theory for infinity war cap dies, Iron Man, Tony Stark literally loses his mind over it. Like it breaks him down to the bones he becomes a broken individual, like drooling in a wheelchair, like broken. Like, <laughs> okay. Like he is like, Tony, done. is that you? Is that, are you a <laughs> vegetable now, Tony? <laughs> like he's gone. Like it's, it's just, and that's because his, I mean, that's the only way he like, you know, he lives in a cave. Like that's how, you know, 
like it just breaks him down completely. And then this third piece of how the Hulk and Bruce Banner can still be involved. Bruce Banner can still be involved. He's still kind of a consultant with him, but he never wants to be the Hulk again. So he uses Wakanda technology to start actually wrapping that part of him out. Yeah, I like that. That's a cool theory. I don't know. If it doesn't play theory. out that way, are you going to hate the movie and, and say that it doesn't belong in canon anymore like these idiots with Last Jedi did because it didn't go exactly Oh, I'm going to burn all my Blu-rays. Okay. I'm going to burn them. Yeah. Yeah, I'll have a burn Torch party and we'll say, well, this is what I want to see. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is what I wanted to see on the screen. It didn't happen exactly <laughs> what I wanted it, so I hate it. <laughs> no, that that's a cool theory, man. Um, yeah. I would say what I'm what I'm hoping for and what I'm looking for in Infinity War is um, I'm looking for, and it's interesting because you know we're talking about the Hulk. You know, I, I think it's easy to say, and I wouldn't be surprised if if Steve Rogers uh, does die. Um, I will be very sad. Because Cap is my favorite Avenger. Oh, I'll be I'll be crying. Yeah, I won't just Cap, be tear welling. I will be team, tears will be falling yes. on my face. I will be devastated. <laughs> I will be team. Don't get me wrong on that. Cap for forever and a day. Oh yeah, man. Liberty, freedom. Tony stands for communism and government oversight, <laughs> um, controlling our thoughts and actions. <laughs> to- Steve is liberty and freedom. <laughs> You're right. Tony Stark's not a capitalist in any stretch of the imagination. Not anymore. He's not. Apparently, doesn't sell Whoa. weapons to defend freedom anymore. No. <laughs> so, comrade he's not, Stark he's not defending freedom. You make your own decisions. You comrade, know what I'm like, comrade Stark doesn't think we should comrade be Stark. acting independently. No. Um, it, <laughs> I I'm wondering. It is a is and I haven't seen that TV spot. That's very cool. I'll have to track that down. I yeah, want to see that. It's really cool. Yeah. I I'm wondering after having revisited uh, Incredible Hulk and reading what you know Kevin Feige has said about the Hulk, uh, what Mark Ruffalo has said about the Hulk, that we any I would say any hope, thought, prayer, wish for another standalone Hulk movie, it's not going to happen. Yeah. Not and, and it's for the main reason universal has first rights to a standalone Hulk movie. Disney does not. There's a loophole in that contract though, that Disney exploits in that the Hulk, if he is in a team based movie, then universal has no first rights. That's why you yeah. won't ever see a Hulk standalone. Yeah. Money, Thor Ragnarok was a buddy money. movie yep. because of that. Absolutely. Yeah. Money, money, money. That being said, we've seen an incredibly better Hulk story told between Avengers, Age of Ultron, and Ragnarok, and soon oh, yeah. Infinity War. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm starting to wonder, and this is, this is going to be real left field, probably wrong. That's okay. I'm wondering if it will be Banner who is the sacrifice hmm. that his only freedom from the Hulk is at the hands of Thanos. That's it his freedom. Yeah. And we know that Banner uh, is suicidal because he yeah. shot himself in the head and the green guy spit the bullet out. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. And that's a great scene. Not that he's talking about suicide, but. When he says that, everyone talking, else just kind of looks at him like, "Whoa!" He, he just went. Deep. Got, he, could, yeah. he just went. Like he deep. Like, Things got real low. Yeah, yeah, he got real dark. Has Banner moved from that? I don't know. I don't know because 
Hulk took over. Banner was gone between the events of Ultron and Ragnarok. And when he came back, he was like, that really sucked. Where am I? Where well, am he, I? He How did I get was. here? What, it, <clears throat> he still thought it was. He still thought it was. He goes, he asks about how he did. Yeah. In Age of, he's asking about Age of yeah. Ultron. He's going, how did I do? And Thor's like, what? Wait. Yeah, that was. Wh- when do you think? That was three years ago. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's, yeah. So. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It could, could Banner be the one who makes a big sacrifice? You know, I, I would say all signs point to either a Steve or a Tony. I think that's going to be the safe bet. That's the safe yeah. money. If it is either one of those, that will, that, that will suck. Uh, and, you oh, know, and I joke about, I joke about that, Tony yeah. and Iron Man. I am an Iron Man fan. I mean, you guys know oh, that. Yeah. You guys know that. But um, what I'm hoping for with Infinity War, and, and, I, and I don't feel that uh, this is going to happen, but I do have a lingering concern that it's going to be too big, too bloated. And are we going to be going to breakneck speed? through this movie i mm. i don't think that we will but man this is a big movie there's a lot of it, people the, in this movie there's a lot of moving parts there's going to be a lot happening and yeah. it's to definitely going to be, gonna be fair, it's yeah. definitely going to need to be a repeat view because there's going to be some oh, stuff yeah. that happened that you're just going to whip right <laughs> by your face and you're not even going to know that they were there yeah i think i think to be fair this is something that they've been they've been planning for the last eight to nine years. They, you know, Iron Man was a success. They started writing the rest of the series. They started writing Captain America. They started putting the big pieces in play, the Tesseract, Thanos, like things started to come together, like in phase one, you know, um, we knew that we knew Loki went and talked to Thanos. We, we knew we saw the grinning Thanos, um, end sequence, yeah. which I, I can't remember exactly what, um, was that cap or was that, uh, uh the Avengers was that at the end of the Avengers? Oh, oh, that we first saw Thanos. Yeah. The first image of Thanos when he turns around and smiles. Cause that was the first thing of Thanos when he turns around and smiles. Thor was it Thor. Okay. So we first see that like in what, 2011? I think it was. Thor, uh, yeah. So, so obviously like tw- 2009, 2010, like that story is being penned. Like they are writing this arc and for the past, you know, nine, eight, nine years up to now has been, you know, they talk about a lot. Everything's been building to this. They, that's one of the taglines of, of this whole movie is everything's been building to this. Um, and it's, that is both, you know, taken in a tagline of a movie of hyperbole of the tagline of the movie, but literally this whole thing rides on this movie. And I think when, when this happens, yeah, we're going to, I'm nervous about that too, man. I started thinking the same thing. I was like, man, there's a ton of stuff going on in this movie. Like, and that's why it's a two-parter, you know, let's, you know, let's not forget that, that this movie is a two-parter. We're seeing part one and then next year we'll see part two, but with Wolverine understanding with, yeah, with Wolverine, (laughs) Hugh Jackman apparently is on uh, set somewhere. I I don't think he's just visiting the set. I don't know, man. That's yeah. We'll see. Like, I think that's a very interesting. Hugh Jackman doesn't mm. normally walk around with Wolverine's haircut. And yeah, he, if he was just visiting the set, he decided to go. Did he have the haircut? He did. He had the, he had the Wolverine hair going. That's interesting. And the chops. That goes, I mean, that's going against what he had the chops hearing about. 
I know, and man. I think that that says some more about the <laughs> Fox deal than it does anything right? else. To be honest, they or, might be shooting stuff and like hanging on to it. It might be that move where they just kind of shoot stuff and yeah. hang on to it, and just we'll see if anything. I mean, that would be the that. ultimate nerd moment, man. If oh. timelines start merging, all of a sudden. To be able to reset properly. Out of the shadows, you hear just someone say, hey, bub, you know. Oh, oh my God. Those, don't those even, claws don't pop. toy. <laughs> don't, don't even, I can't, like, I'm going to faint. Like, that's not, little, you see can't a, be real. You see a little burnt ember of a cigar in the shadow? That, that would be the moment. Because you would just see the cigar, you would just see the cigar burn. That would be, and just that would the, be freaking the cool. And just the snick, the shink, the popping of the claws. <laughs> that is a nerd moment right Woo. there. <laughs> <laughs> Get a little, get a little Wolverine excited. joins the Avengers. Oh boy! Oh man! Oh boy! Yeah! Oh boy! Indeed. <laughs> but no. But I mean, honestly. And then you know, Fantastic Four, dude. How yeah. many times have you seen uh, this whole like? Ever since this movie with John Krasinski and Emily Blunt has just come out, it reminded me that Emily Blunt was actually on deck to play Black Widow before Scarlett Johansson. Was oh, picked. that's right. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, and she's a fantastic action movie. Yeah, she star. is. Like, dude, you know, and she's uh, amazing in Edge phenomenal. of Tomorrow, dude. She is so oh, good. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Sicaro, like the whole thing. Yeah. So, and they're making a sequel to that too, which apparently is going to be really good. Is she in so, Sicaro too? Is she going to be in it? I don't know if she's in the second one okay. or not, but I know they're making a second one. The, um, but there's been a lot of, you know, a lot of, a lot of Reddit action, a lot of Twitter action and like pitching and people have even done mock-ups of John Krasinski as Reed Richards and Emily Blunt as the Invisible Woman. Sue Storm, yeah. Oh, she's no Jessica Alba, but she, <laughs> she'll do in a pinch. She'll do. But you know, he, they gave uh, John Krasinski the gray, like kind of brush yeah. back on the sides. And that dude, you know, we all know him from Jim, right? Like that's Jim to almost everybody of on course, the planet. Of course, yeah. But like, if you go and watch Thirteen Hours, mm-hmm. if you go and watch uh, this new movie with him and Emily Blunt in it, he's very good. Anything that he's been doing lately, dude's a a strong, 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 serious action actor. Yes. And I think you know that pitch was like one of those like, oh man, that would be pretty cool. But of course, like you'd want to see more to see that even happen. But seeing John Krasinski enter the MCU as Reed Richards and Emily Blunt as Sue Storm, I'd go see that. I'd buy that. I'd, bri- I'd buy that movie on presale. Like, let's go. Like, I'm excited, you know, but yeah. that's wishful thinking. So who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Well, we hope you guys enjoyed our trip down Incredible Hulk Lane. Oh, yeah. The forgotten MCU movie. <laughs> In more ways than one. <laughs> Literally <laughs> forgotten. Yeah. by marvel wait i forgot i hated this movie <laughs> there's, there's so many disney going we did an incredible hulk movie <laughs> when did we do that that's crazy <laughs> yeah yeah interesting how that uh it is just so so odd that it is it's official canon but there's just so much in it that yeah. just is like not canon <laughs> <Where you're> not- <laughs> Well, we are we are eight days away from from eight Infinity War. Mm. Um, I bought my tickets already. I know you bought your tickets already. Um, please get. I mean, obviously, I know anybody who's listening to this show is more than likely going to see that movie pretty quickly right after launch. But I know we'll be next time we meet. We'll be uh, you know laughing, crying, screaming with either excitement or rage. Um, <laughs> well, I don't think it, I, I, I don't think it's going to Justice League us. Uh, I. No, I don't think so yeah. at all. Yeah, I hope not. <laughs> I know we're I know we're not going to sit down on the truth rope 
for and and tell jokes about how infatuated we are with with someone. So well, who wouldn't? Uh, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Yeah. Jeez. Oh man, cool. dude. I know it's crazy that uh we're we're at that point. I mean, it's uh yeah. 10 years. It's almost unbelievable like where we are. Like this is kind of crazy to think like man, we are at infinity. Like this is this is happening. We're able to yep. we're going to see Thanos, we're going to see and, you know the, the teams the, oh. and the changes that, you know, that have come. I mean, we we never thought that Spider-Man would be a part of this. Oh. Yeah. Uh you know, we we just briefly kind of talked about this rumor the of Wolverine. Um and I'm sure reasonable as you you've seen it. There's this one tiny little picture that someone snapped of Wolverine <clears throat> on the set of Infinity War Part 2. We don't even know if that's what it's called. Um and he's looks very Wolverine. He does not look like Hugh, he's playing a different character. Hugh Jackman. He looks like Wolverine. I mean, it just, uh, he's got the chops. He has the hair and he didn't deny that he was there. It was just, he was visiting. Well, what? I don't, who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Right. So, uh, super exciting. This is what we've been waiting for. Uh, I mean, this Ryan, I mean, really is approaching, you know, like star Wars level yeah. anticipation. And yeah, uh, and deservedly so, because it was being such a huge gamble going back 10 years ago to Iron Man and its follow up, the Incredible Hulk. Again, one became legend. One sort of got forgot. And yeah. But this is where we ended up. And we ended up with a storyline cohesively. When you look from beginning to end, while it has its weaker parts, I think we're safe in saying it's been pretty. Yeah. Pretty solid getting us up to this point. There there's been mm-hmm. few potholes, a few huh uh, along the way. <laughs> but that's going to be the yeah. case when you've had so many different movies and how they fit together and uh and this is just the start. You know, we've got Infinity War next week and then Ant-Man and Wasp, which from what we understand, even though the trailer doesn't really show anything, Related to Infinity War, it is going to be heavily affected by Infinity War. Now, is Ant-Man confirmed for Infinity War? I know he is for part two, whatever they're calling it. But is he confirmed for the first one? I want to say yes, but he, uh, he's not in any that, promotional like material, not, but neither is Hawkeye. Well, neither is Hawkeye. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but we, and we know that. It, and what they're saying is we will be very, very surprised. And you know what? It Hawkeye could be the one who yeah who be, knows right so yeah man uh which would just be too to me that's a little too light on the effect of one, i know that one rumor i've heard you know, is you that could he, dive into that but mm, one rumor i've heard is that know. he loses his family and he becomes ronin uh not ronin the accuser oh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. but the, <laughs> but the character ronin yeah right yeah <laughs> Yeah, he becomes well. He's he's on the cast list as it. I mean, he's cast in it. You know, he's he's on the list. Who, Jeremy Renner? Uh, yeah, we know he's in Jeremy it. Jeremy Renner, well, Paul Rudd. Oh, Paul Rudd. Okay. Yeah, as as Scott Lang and Ant Man. I think he's in the. I think he's confirmed as in it in the first. Okay. I, I I think I think he's in it. Um, which would be which would be a smart move. I mean, he played a huge role in Civil War. Like it it wasn't like he, he was just he like, helped turn the tide out. when he became Giant Man. Yeah, like so, and I think he's—I think he's in there. I'm trying to look for him on the on the post. Actually, no, he is the poster. He's on the poster, but I—I I can't remember where you find him. He's as Ant Man on the poster. 
Like he's actually at so, this little tiny little speck on the poster somewhere. He's on Groot's exactly shoulder. Where he's at. He might, uh, yeah, I can't remember exactly where he's at on here, but he's he is on here. Very nice. Yeah. Well, cool, man. Uh, that was fun, dude. Yeah, man. Uh, super excited. Reasonableness. Thank you for joining us down memory lane for Iron Man and the Incredible Hulk. When we come back together, it'll be Avengers oh, yeah. Infinity War. And uh, we're excited to to recap that. Oh, yeah. Well, that, that's kind of it for me. Is that it for you, that's man? It. That's all I got, brother. All right. Well, this has been Reasonable Fanboys. My name is Ryan. I am John. You guys have a great one.